0: September 1944. Before a small crowd of assembled dignitaries, journalists and television cameras, a beaming Mrs Alexander begins the presentation ceremony. She's the wife of the First Lord of the Admiralty and she's delighted to be recognising a member of the Royal Air Force with a prestigious medal for displaying conspicuous gallantry and devotion to duty. The proud recipient of this award is Gustav, also known by his service number, NPS 42, 31066. His moment of heroism had come earlier that year. He was the first RAF flyer to deliver news of the fateful D-Day landings to the UK on the 6th of June 1944. And in treacherous conditions too. Having taken off from Normandy, he flew through a barrage of bombs and bullets, into headwinds of 30 miles per hour, and through clouds so thick that the sun was no longer visible. He arrived near Portsmouth a lengthy five hours and 16 minutes later and delivered his message to his anxious sergeant immediately. And so, while the audience cheer and applaud, Mrs Alexander hangs the medal around Gustav's neck, kissing him and offering warm words of congratulation. There's just one detail I forgot to mention. Gustav is not a pilot. He's not even a human being. Gustav is a pigeon, and this is the story of the National Pigeon Service during the Second World War. Though the impact of this remarkable organisation is often overlooked today, it offers an important reminder of how much we can achieve when mankind treats the natural world with care and respect. Welcome to the Timely Historian, with me, your host, Simone. Episode 1. Doves of Peace and Pigeons of war pigeons are astonishing creatures and very often unfairly underestimated they can fly up to 110 miles per hour and travel up to 700 miles in a single journey. That's greater than the distance between London and Prague. Homing pigeons can undertake journeys lasting several weeks and spanning several thousand miles in order to reach the specific loft that they know as home, even if they've been away for years. Their eyesight has been found to be more than twice as precise as ours, and studies suggest that they also use their sense of smell to map their routes too. They can navigate using natural landmarks such as rivers as well as man-made structures like roundabouts. Pigeons can even recognise themselves in video footage or in a mirror. The only other animals to pass this test of self-recognition are the great apes, elephants and dolphins. And they're surprisingly progressive. Both males and females incubate their eggs and produce a type of milk for their chicks. The pigeons superpowers mean that these highly intelligent creatures have been bred, trained and used by people as messengers since the age of the Roman Empire. During the Second World War, thousands of British pigeon keepers, known as fanciers, gave their birds to the war effort. Pigeons aided organisations ranging from the army and RAF, to the police and fire services, to the Home Guard and even the code breakers at Bletchley Park almost a quarter of a million birds served. Pigeons transported messages across Britain, Europe and the African continent, often carrying secret and urgent information which saved the lives of thousands of soldiers and civilians. Every British bomber and reconnaissance aircraft carried homing pigeons in specifically designed waterproof floating containers on every flight. The idea being that if the plane's radio communication system failed, or even worse, if it was targeted and forced to make an emergency crash landing on water, a pigeon could be released, carrying a note of the plane's coordinates tied to its leg. The conditions would often be perilous, but if the trusty pigeon could reach its loft, usually located at an RAF base, a rescue operation could be mounted in time to save the lives of the crew. And it didn't stop at delivering messages – The National Pigeon Service also gathered intelligence from behind enemy lines. As part of MI6's Operation Columba, 16,000 pigeons were dropped using mini-parachutes over France, Holland and Denmark. In a tiny canister fastened to its leg, each one carried a scroll of rice paper requesting information from whoever found the bird. The responses, from ordinary people living under Nazi occupation, included all sorts of jokes, polite requests, angry complaints, descriptions of living conditions, and sometimes even valuable information about the enemy, like the locations of Nazi troops, details about their weaponry, or maps showing their use of railway lines. One message from the Netherlands merely implored, help our Jews, and it was of course the pigeon post which made this communication with the British Intelligence services possible. Unfortunately, the success rate was low. Pigeons fell victim to faulty parachutes or natural predators or dangerous flying conditions. Although only one in ten made it home, that didn't mean that the Nazis failed to take the efforts of the National Pigeon Service seriously. Hermann Goering, the supreme commander of the German Luftwaffe, even established a rival division of Peregrine Falcons trained to hunt down British pigeons. But Britain's bird-based missions continued into 1945. Eventually, 32 pigeons, including Gustav, were awarded the Dickin Medal, the animal equivalent of the Victoria Cross by the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals, in recognition of their invaluable contribution to the war effort and ultimate victory of the Allies. So why is the National Pigeon Service relevant to us today? Well, anyone who knows me knows that if I had a Patronus or a demon, it would be a pigeon. But it hasn't always been that way. For many years I, like plenty of others, viewed pigeons as a nuisance or even as a pest. It was only when I first encountered the story of war pigeons that I realised that even the seemingly mundane aspects of the natural world are just remarkable. And I think that's all the more relevant now, at a time when we face environmental catastrophe and when we're all beginning to realise how important it is that each of us make small changes to secure a more sustainable future. To my mind, there's no question that it's crucial we do everything we can to preserve the polar ice caps, rainforests and coral reefs. But that effort is not only worthwhile for the sake of saving the most beautiful landscapes or exotic species on the planet. Even the wildlife you see every day, the creatures you take for granted or even shoo away, are phenomenal. We've counted on their help in our moments of crisis and they rose to the challenge. Now it's time we repaid the favour. Spotlight on Sources. This episode was inspired by and is indebted to Gordon Carrera's book Secret Pigeon Service and a review of it by John Day which I read in the London Review of Books in April 2019. Carrera is a security correspondent for the BBC and his book particularly follows the story of a Belgian resistance group called the Leopold Vindictive who provided crucial intelligence to the Allies via the birds of the National Pigeon Service. In doing so, they took tremendous risks and made enormous personal sacrifices, and they are deservingly recognised for their quiet valour. I found some brilliant websites about war pigeons too. Further details are in the show notes. That's all for this episode of The Timely Historian. Thank you so much for listening, and see you next time.